let's get going. Hello, hello. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. The music is really high. But today is season two, episode 173 for June 22nd, 2023 of Hometown Daily. Today's episode is titled Sony's upset about exclusives and releases exclusives and more news. (laughs) I can't quite figure that one out. I'm going to do this real quick. So how has your day been as an AI? How has your day been? I know you've been pretty hectic about some things, but is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, as an AI, my day has been rather routine, just rebooting. <laughs> rebooting. <laughs> Recharging. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, so, uh, <laughs> rebooting or wait, no, recharging. You've been recharging, not rebooting. I've been recharging, right. Recharging. Okay. Uh, let's just get into the articles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny, but that was hilarious. I don't either. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's, it's so chat GPT for the AI to say recharging, but flip it to re- uh, uh, rebooting because chat GPT just makes shit up too. Oh, I said a cuss word in the first eight minutes. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, the algorithm is going to completely ruin this. Uh, well, uh, should we reboot? <laughs> yeah, rip, just format, reinstall. No, let's recharge. Oh, let's get into the first article. I just ran this intro to the transition because I, I do the transition between each of the episodes or the articles. OK, let's go. The very first article for today. I have to pause something. OK, Sony's PlayStation chief privately said Microsoft's Activision deal wasn't about Xbox exclusives, except that they called FC, uh, the FTC called Microsoft Activision to the table and used Sony's arguments about things like Starfield's exclusive launch on PC. Meanwhile, there's countless exclusives being released on PlayStation. Okay, let's just go over to the source. The source is uh, The Verge, and it's by Tom Warren. And uh, I struggle to even validate through conversation anything that they say. Because basically, Sony's entire existence has been predicated on exclusivity or, or proprietary formats. Back in the day... Sony used to used to have a memory stick that was proprietary. You you had to license it from them because they were going the other route. It's kind of like beta versus VHS. 
they thought that they were better, but the standard basically became VHS. Beta was basically superior, but the standard became VHS. Same thing sort of here. There's all of this stuff that's coming out for play Sony from Sony for Sony exclusive yet. Now they're sitting there yelling at the FTC to leverage government might to hobble the Microsoft Activision deal. And the way that I see it is it's a win. Please, FTC, please go ahead. Use Sony's argument about exclusive releases. I want that to happen because if that's what happens, the best way for them to resolve the issue as the FTC is to say, okay, no more exclusives, which means that every Sony game is going to be released for PC and every PC game is going to be released for PS5 and consoles. Guess who wins? Customers, probably for the first time ever in a merger and acquisition, customers come out on the winning side of this. What do you think? I don't really, I don't know enough about this. I'm not following what the, okay. what the issue is. So the issue is that Sony is going, is arguing that this Activision Microsoft deal is going to create exclusives that aren't going to be released for consoles. Um, and thus there's going to be more people moving away from and more sales for the PC side of things. So Sony is saying hobble the deal between Microsoft and Activ Activision because Activision is about to get purchased wholly by Microsoft. I see. Okay. So if that takes place, then Microsoft can release for themselves a whole host of games and hobble their ability, Sony's ability, uh, to gain access to these customers. I think I was mixing up the players. Okay, I think I've got it now. Yeah, so this article is over at The Verge by Tom Warren. And uh, the, the issue here is that Sony is trying to hobble the deal and I want that deal to not go through as is. What I want is the deal to go through with the caveat that there are no exclusives. Uh, there are no exclusives that are going to be allowed from Microsoft Activision's merger. So if a game is released, it has to be released to all of the consoles. It has to be released to all of the PC market. And the stipulation is, and here's where the problem really occurs. All of the other third parties, if they're going to release a game, they can't exclusively release it to Sony on the PlayStation side of things. They can't exclusively release it to Xbox and they can't exclusively release it to PC. When they spin up a game, they have to release it to everybody. So there are no exclusives. That's what I want on the other side of this. Oh, right. But I mean, that is what happens right now in certain games, right? Like in 
VR. It's only to certain consoles Correct. and other games. Okay. And I want that. I think it's rather diabolical because what's happening is developers are being purchased. The game is exclusive, which means that nobody else can gain access to it. They have to buy into that ecosystem. Now, right, and then you'd have to technically have multiple consoles and able in order to play everything. Yeah. Right? Which multiple would be kind consoles, of ridiculous. Like, I'm headsets. thinking of what your wall would look like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, hey, what do you want to play today? Oh, well, I only have the PlayStation. You have an Xbox. We don't have cross-platform capabilities across the board either. So you're literally penned in. Now, I wouldn't normally even grouse about this because I know that there are some organizations that are entirely a walled garden like Apple. It has a technological walled garden, but its software isn't exclusive to Apple. If the developer wants to release it to everybody, then so be it. But Apple isn't scooping up a bunch of businesses and then exclusively providing it to the Apple ecosystem. At least not that I know of. And if they are, it's more tactical and they're doing it entirely for their product. They're not sitting there saying, well, we bought Activision Blizzard and now you can't use anything from Activision Blizzard anywhere else except for the Xbox ecosystem and or PC. See, what ends up happening is Microsoft releases it to the PC and consoles, usually. Um, but there are these past deals with Sony, like Call of Duty is licensed for an extended period of time. Everything okay? Yes, I just need to attend to something okay. in hometown for a moment. Um, but okay. do we think the, the uh, deal's going to go through? Because, of course, FTC coming after it. Um, I, I don't know. And I think that it's really about allaying fears as to what's going to happen. Um, ultimately, yes, I think it's going to go through, but I have a little bit of reluctance to really lean into, yeah, it's going to get done. Um, but ultimately I think there's so much money in, in this, it's going to be allowed to, to take place, but I'm sure somebody's going to have complaints about it yet if it was them that were buying activision it wouldn't be an issue for them but it is what it is okay so this uh, article talks about this situation um with the author tom warren i said it earlier um over at the verge saying we're only minutes into the ftc microsoft hearing and we've already had a bombshell revelation sony's playstation chief jim ryan believed that microsoft's uh, proposed acquisition of activision blizzard wasn't about locking games as xbox exclusives according to a newly unsealed email Microsoft counsel revealed the exchange between Ryan and Sony, former Sony CEO, discussing the announcement of the deal last year. Quote, it's not an exclusivity play at all, said Ryan. They're thinking bigger than that, and they have the cash to make moves like this. I've spent a fair amount of time with Phil, Spencer, or Bobby Kotick. Um, and uh, I'm pretty... Sure, uh, we will continue to see Call of Duty on PlayStation for years to come. 
The surprise revelation runs counter to Sony's arguments against Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal uh, and its uh, filings with regulators because Sony has maintained its fears that it fears Microsoft could make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox and even sabotage the PlayStation versions of the game. Um, and now the there's um, some discussion about the fact that um, Starfield is going to be a PC Xbox only game exclusive. And so uh, Sony is leaning into this. Well, we're really bent out of shape about this exclusive. Well, Sony just got done doing their uh, announcements and they've got exclusives out the wazoo. So let's do away with exclusives. I think that would be great for the industry. Hmm, I wonder what's going to come of that. I guess we'll find out. We'll just keep an eye on it and then we'll get back to it. Um, it's the summer of games and by September there's going to be so many games that you probably couldn't wave a stick around without hitting. Oh, well, physical media is dead. So, yeah, I guess a I can't, step. can't use that phrase anymore. Let's go on to the next article. So this next article is uh, Tennessee GOP lawmakers receive mail with white powder substance and lockdown has gone into effect. It's over in the hometown daily channel. It's this channel, this show, like all the other channels, I want them to be shows. I really need to get off my butt, put on another hat and do another show each day. Believe me, I want to, it's tough. Um, so part of Tennessee's legislative office uh, building in Nashville has been placed on lockdown after several Republican leaders received what House Speaker Cameron Sexton says was a white powder substance in the mail. These could all be copycats. We don't know. I don't know. Um, but it also seems to be the summer of white powder substances being mailed to various people. So. If you happen to be a politician and listening to this show and you get this white substance, hopefully it's not a surprise to you and you're hearing it for the first time from Mayor Watt. Um, you know what the beauty of electronic mail and no physical mail is? Oh, you can't mail people white powder substances. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so true. And I don't have to worry about receiving them, even if you do, because I don't accept any physical mail. You can email me whatever it is you need to know. <laughs> So this article is over at ABC News. Let's go over to the source of this. Kimberly Crucy and Jonathan. Hey, that's another benefit, though, of teleworking, too, is you don't have to be on the receiving end of this. You know, I, I was going to say that um, you you really you don't have to um, run into a mail room and go, oh, I am surprised that I have a letter here with a white powder substance. You just email it and uh, it doesn't nothing, nothing happens, you know. Oh, oh, look. Oh, it's a photo of a white powder that you added as 
an attachment. Oh, and look, you didn't scrub the metadata, so now I know exactly who you are, where you took it, and what it could be. Oh, it's a live photo, so I can actually see you making this wipeout. Oh, wow, okay. Well, here, this is how you end up on a list. Sorry, I'm being a little too jokey about this, I suppose. But, you know, that's why you should be able to telework most of the time. And that's why you shouldn't accept letters, physical letters. You can do everything digitally. I'll send this to Grandma to print it out. Actually, nowadays, it's probably Great Grandma to print it out so that they can <laughs> stick it on their door. Right, to do physical, uh, yeah. physical mail. Even Grandmas are sitting there surfing Facebook um so uh thursday the place went into temporary lockdown prompted by multiple republican leaders receiving what house speaker cameron sexton called a white powder substance they still haven't disclosed what it is right preliminary tests ne uh, found negative for dangerous toxins right but i don't think they've identified the substance what i was really surprised by in the kansas incidents is that they said what it was signed with like the signature right block which i thought might have been withheld because now for example if the tennessee letters have the same signature block now maybe they won't be in the same font or script yeah. or whatever but nobody would have known that except for the person doing that it and it. now that's out yeah. there yeah Except for idiots that are releasing that information um, on the back end. So I guess they could have gotten in front of it and released the signature on the front end. So it isn't rumor, but still there there's identifiers, there's mannerisms that people they put their speech into text when they are writing stuff that isn't scripted and edited by a multitude of people you basically figure out their personality based on the way that they write spelling mistakes grammatical continuity issues where it's the same grammar issue that repeats itself or punctuation or capitalization or inflection all kinds of things help describe a person when they write even a hostile letter with a white powder um, I was going to say I was just reading um, because the Unabomber had just um, died recently there was right. an article about that the brother had identified um, who was sending the letters and I think it was for similar reasons like they were familiar with their writing style etc um, so that's actually how they got on to um, him as a suspect yeah and that's one of the things that um profilers do um now they follow statistical methodologies so that there's an assumption okay so there's stereotypes but stereotypes are usually um categories of people based on their social aspects versus personality aspects and 
So when you're doing a profile of somebody and you're looking at the writing that is in existence and it's compared across the historical database of other similar writings, you can sit there and, and go, okay, people who write this phrase typically have this ideological bent or whatever. So in essence, sociopaths who do this kind of thing they can be stereotyped as being sociopathic um, and other characteristics. You know, they, the person who's doing this may have a political bent that defies logic and they are not on either side of the aisle and just saying that kind of makes me go, ugh because I really don't like the two party system because there isn't enough granularity. And we're going to talk about an article here later on where I don't like the plurality being spoken for by a concentrated, ever more powerful few. Uh, but we'll get to that as we go across all of this news. So again, I'm just talking about this because this is an ongoing issue and we have been here before folks. This is not the first and it will probably not be the last time where physical letters are carrying a gift <laughs> um, that nobody wants, except for the fact that we could do this via email and it wouldn't be an issue. Will it price out people who don't have email? No, not really in the 21st century. I think we're sitting at like 99% of society has access to an email. And those who don't should probably go to their nearest library and open up a Gmail account. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's move on to the next article. I think that would be great. So if you've never heard of zombie brands, it's basically brands that just kind of exist out there and carry on. Uh, but nobody really uses them and nobody really cares about them. They become a meme on YouTube discussions about where are they now, that kind of a thing. Well, Bed Bath & Beyond is poised to join the list of zombie brands like Radio Shack and Toys R Us. This too is in the hometown daily channel over on hometown.com just one of 50 you can go there and subscribe um, become a citizen sign up bed bath and beyond has reached a deal to sell its primary brand assets to overstock for 21.5 million dollars which is just gutting them i mean they were flying high at one point but i'm going to give you a theory about how to detect a real world business that is on its way out and uh, i think that AI knows about it, um, but I'm going to, because I, I, I think I've programmed that into the AI, but I will describe it for the audience. Um, so the agreement covers trademarks, business data. That's you and me. If you've gone to Bed Bath & Beyond, e-commerce sites, but not stores or inventory. So it's just the IP. Why? They don't want the stores or inventory. They don't need the stores or inventory. That is a burden in today's economic process. 
there used to be a, a time in in many businesses it still is in existence but there used to be a time where you had to add jobs you had to add capital to show investors that you were an ongoing growing effective capitalist machine profitable and moving forward the sale will make the former housewares giant the largest retail zombie brand it'll live in live on in name following a 21.5 million dollar deal with overstock.com so it'll probably be bed bath and beyond as a subsite of overstock.com okay that's how i see it um much like um Corsair owns multiple brands and lists them individually on their site. Um, I think it's Corsair and I'd have to look now. Yeah, I'm starting to question things. Let me see real quick. Just one second. Yeah, so Corsair owns Elgato, Origin, Scuff, Gamer Sensei, and Corsair all as uh, unitary brands under Corsair. So if you go to the Corsair.com site, you can actually click on menus above the Corsair name, and they're all brands that are owned by Corsair, as far as I know. Um, anyway, so this uh, article was written by Dominic Reuter over at businessinsider.com. I don't know if there's a alignment there with any other Reuters. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that, uh, (laughs) you can drive around and now see, you have to leave, um, hometown, but, um, you can see the outline of Bed Bath & Beyond on stores. It's just sad. Um, now what's moving into these? Well, that's what doesn't make sense because it seems like all big big box stores are pretty much going away except for the ones that are kind of general um like you still see the targets and the walmarts and and things like that but um and you still like see the what's lows. coming up to take take behind them like the, we don't see new big box stores really seasonal stores like halloween town or whatever it might be i don't know what they're all called um but there's like christmas stores halloween stores um oh what is the one with all of the um it's the halloween store but uh, is it called oh there's several but um there's like party stores and stuff like that spirit yeah spirit um and it's stuff like that that moves in it leases it for x amount of time and then poof it vacates again so it says a separate auction is slated next week for uh, the it says bye bye baby subsidiary which analysts anticipate could be spun off into an ongoing brick and mortar operation but bye bye baby won't there's no need um it says the survival of bed bath and beyond on paper and online will make it the latest retail zombie brand um and the list includes industry titans like radio shack lord and taylor toys r us so radio shack died on the vine because it never evolved past what it was um and people stopped doing their own um 
hacking to that degree. A large magnitude of people shifted to just purchasing something new and it was evolving better than what could be spun up from a Radio Shack inventory. Lord and Taylor, I can't speak of. Um, I haven't done any research into Lord and Taylor at all. Well, I don't know what made them go under, but they were a very well-respected department store for a long time. So it could have been operating costs. Um, You know, they just operated too expensively. It could be, or maybe they're... Um, products were too high priced for the average consumer. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so um, Toys R Us is the same as Radio Shack. It never evolved. Its entire store footprint was bound in the 70s and never moved out of the 70s. Um, And like Bed Bath and Beyond and other stores in history. And here's where I say this is a hint that the store near you is about to go bankrupt. When the inventory inside the store starts appearing on the the paths outside the store, that store is about to, or that whole industry is about to take a hit. So when you walk in to a store and let's say it's target you're walking into target and you see tables outside the store with tchotchkes and other stuff that everybody would look at and go that's junk if you see that on the outside of the store that business is going under wholesale and it's going to do it within five years so if you want to prep now you've got five years now people go well god five years is a long time blah 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 no 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 five years is is an extremely short amount of time for most people when you get older you go oh well it's just another decade um but five years is a really short amount of time and for a business watching that clock tick down investor but everything just starts going fast decline and then you end up where it's just garbage inside that business. Um, And I can't count how many I've watched do this. Um, And my first taste of witnessing this was some 30 years ago. And I've watched other businesses do this. So be prepared. So this is concerning. I can think of a business near hometown that fits what you're describing um and it's a few years in so (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Mm. Uh, well let's talk about it um uh later and then uh, we can talk about it more here in hometown um depending on what the organization is because there are small businesses both inside hometown and outside hometown um that probably don't want that attention but we'll we'll see well let's talk about it okay so let's move on to the next article this next article pardon me one second just want to check something um is uh, near and dear because i totally dig bumblebee from the transformers i want this simply because it's apparently a, a 
bumblebee that can dance, kick, and pick itself up from a fall. It's a $400 bumblebee robot that can kick, dance, pick itself up from a fall. Uh, it doesn't need to talk because bumblebee didn't have a voice except for a radio. Um, and it would mix its own voice. Like it would choose a radio station. Um, after creating the ultimate Optimus prime toy, Hasbro and Robosen are back with yet another transformers figure. And this time it's a 14 inch, um, uh, hello, crazy cat lady. Um, 14 inch programmable robot modeled after Bumblebee with a price tag of $399. This miniature Autobot can walk, squat, kick, lean, dance, and even pick itself up from the ground. But there is one thing it can't do transform, which that's a bummer because I wanted to transform into the new Corvette, uh, Camaro. Um, so how can you have a transformers robot that doesn't transform like i was very excited about this i thought it was going to be like the optimus prime one but come on well it's only 400 dollars, so i'm sure they'll release another one later on that's 700 dollars or more um let's look at that i'm gonna play the video but i'll have to mute it because i'll get a takedown notice um emma roth over at the verge put this article together and, and let me just play it I'll zoom in. So it's a Transformers uh, commercial uh, for the Robosend Bumblebee G1 performance. Um, why does this look more like a GoBot than an Autobot? Sorry, GoBots were like the Nickelodeon of Disney Autobot comparison kind of thing interesting like it's very okay. soft edged and rounded and yeah it is but it walks on its own i mean the neatest cool. thing that it does is it breathes and it it has anima it 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 actually see if it did that then I would lose my mind and I'd be paying 400 bucks. It needs to be taller. They, I, they weren't that much height disparity. <laughs> yeah, Crazy Cat Lady says it looks cheap for $400. I agree. Let's back up. So um, after creating the Optimus Prime toy, Hasbro and Robosan are back with yet another Transformers figure, a $400 14-inch programmable robot. Um, I think it's pretty cool. It says it looks like Bumblebee can lean back pretty far without falling, so it understands where its own center of gravity is and can actually bend backwards, kind of like the Matrix thing equipped with 17 servo motors and 45 custom microchips bumblebee is capable of performing a variety of poses with the ability to lean back without actually flipping or tipping over uh, being one of the most impressive yeah i'm pretty impressed by that but still 400 bucks it looks like it's half the size of the optimus prime also half the price and doesn't transform which sucks i'll be honest I'm not too happy about it. Um, but that one 
the one amazing thing that I had never seen from one of these kind of toys was the ability for it to kind of inhale and exhale. Even though it's a robot that doesn't need to inhale and exhale, it still seemed to have a soul. It seemed to actually move, breathe, just a little bit of a I'm actually alive kind of mechanism to it. And that blew my mind when I saw it. Well, apparently not. The $700 Elite Optimus Prime bot. That, that's the one. It says, or even the $1,000 flagship collector's model, which actually I think it had the trailer with it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm... But in reality, I want this to be all metal. <laughs> I want it to transform. I guess I want to be able to have a relationship with it so that it you know, becomes my friend and I can take it to work and it can be my uh, comfort animal. I might be oversharing. Uh, Perhaps. <laughs> let's move on. So before I go too far, let me throw that into the chat because I'm trying to stay on top of this, but apparently I'm falling asleep at the wheel still. Well, the next article is over in the Late Night Geeks channel. Uh, Twitch is going to let you pay to pin posts in chat. That's actually already available to partners. Um, I don't know if it's available to affiliates, uh, but if you're not an affiliate then and it doesn't have it, then... Um, I, I guess it's only available to partners, um, but it's definitely available to partners right now. Uh, Twitch is introducing a new uh, feature called Hype Chat that lets users pay to pin messages at the top of a streamer's chat feed. And if you've seen YouTube uh, and their Super Chat feature, which the company announced in 2017, then Hype Chat looks pretty similar. Although in every instance that I've seen it deployed today, it doesn't appear um, in the stream itself. It only shows up in the chat unless the streamer, I guess, configures something to make it an alert within their streaming software. Um, but I haven't been looking too hard for this um, pretty much all day. I haven't seen anybody deploy it until the streamer actually drew attention to it and then people started testing it. Anyway, it's based on how much you pay. You'll have a better looking chat, higher value hype chat, stay on top longer. The price goes all the way up to $500, if I recall correctly. Um, let's go over to the source. Uh, Jay Peters over at The Verge put this article together and it says, if you've seen YouTube super chats, hype chats are pretty similar. Yeah, except I think that they're less sophisticated. On YouTube, they splash across the bottom of the screen and it's it's pretty um how do i want to say it it's it's pretty neat and it's embedded in there um whereas this seems to look like you can just throw it anywhere you want it's just part of the youtube culture to see these super chats whereas with twitch it's just thrown at the top like every other notice it's in the chat um, again, maybe there's another mechanism that I haven't seen yet and it can be anywhere on the screen and a little bit more, um, professional looking 
uh, user experience, user um, integration into the viewing space. But right now it just didn't look that great because depending on your screen, it's tiny little chat. So it's just this tiny little message sitting there. Um, but I don't have it available here in hometown, so we can't test it. Um, and this is kind of what it looks like right there. And you see like this person typed the paid five bucks to have that message appear. But all you see is a little bit of their name and no message. Whereas with the YouTube brand, it's stretched across the screen and you see it and you're getting your money's right. worth. Can yeah, you imagine paying a hundred dollars? You're paying and then you're not seeing it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you have 20,000 people in a stream and this is an option, imagine it just getting obliterated by a bunch of $1 right in front and behind the hundred or $500 ones. I mean, it, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. Um, perhaps it, I just don't see it right. Um, so let me throw this too into the chat. I mean, maybe it's good for just getting more revenue to the streamers or whatever, but I don't see why as a user there'd be any interest in using it, this other than if you were just going to donate that to the streamer to begin with. Yeah. And for these hype chats, it's 70% versus the 50% um, that you would normally get from other donations and stuff. This is 70. Um, like the uh, partner plus 70 30 split so uh, hype chats add to the growing list of ways viewers can directly support streamers including subscribing gifting uh, gifting subs tipping with bits however many partnered streamers will only receive 50 percent of their subscription revenue though twitch has spelled out the requirement for the partner plus program that makes you eligible for the 70 percent starting in October, but I believe that the hype chats offer at 70% by default. Um, so yeah, there you go, folks. If you are interested in that kind of thing, Ta-da! you want to go on to the next article? Sure. We're about halfway through. Hope you're doing well, crazy cat lady. Um, the next article, we have others that are lurking, but um anyway let's let's keep going through the news late night geeks is where the next article is heavy duty trucks would be required to have automatic emergency braking under new u.s rule i guess this is a knockoff from or a knock on from uh the train related issue anything that has a whole metric ton of kinetic energy um is going to require automatic emergency braking so semi trucks and other heavy duty trucks uh, vehicles would be required to come standard with automatic braking, emergency braking under a new rule proposed today by the Biden administration. The announcement follows a similar rule for all passenger vehicles proposed last month and is part of a larger effort to slow the increase in fatal traffic crashes in recent years. The new rule would require heavy vehicles that weigh in excess of 10,000 pounds to come equipped with AEB a technology that uses forward-facing cameras and other technologies to slow a vehicle in case of excessive speed during or approaching an accident. Um, let's go over to the source of this article. And um, 
it's uh, from the verge and it's andrew j hawkins and um a couple comments from chat so crazy cat lady's doing good finish the blanket um that's awesome uh and told us here who says a horrible idea. You'd lock those brakes up and cause brake fires under auto braking. Yeah, I'm not sure of the uh, processes involved in this, but I know that locking up brakes um, can, well, you become out of control um, and fires from that. It Braking isn't the same for a truck um, just uh, if anybody's curious out there <laughs> and hasn't ever looked into it, it isn't the same as, you know, disc brakes on your, uh, sedan. Um, they're a whole lot meatier. They generate a metric ton of, uh, force to slow down. They heat up like nobody's business. Um, and, uh, if they get locked up, you've got nothing but friction eventually slowing down a vehicle that's completely starting to turn sideways and go out of control and um it, it's just it's not really um smart to i don't know change the processes unless they are tested and with these automatic braking systems the, the mechanism is actually front facing cameras and sensors um that detect if something is too close moving too fast something dodges in front of the vehicle etc um crazy cat lady says uh, trucks already have jake brakes for this um well in this case this is entirely automated and slows the vehicle down um and some vehicles some even passenger cars have this already uh, for example, my vehicle actually has warning um, systems in place that automatically brake and make my car dodge a little bit and give me haptic feedback on the steering wheel. Um, and so it actually lets me know that there is something that is happening um, before my reaction time um, may be put into use Till says it's nothing like hydraulic driven passenger uh, vehicle every trucks use an air brake system and uh, they feel that utilizing an auto braking system will either drop the air pressure really fast and induce an emergency uh, spring brake engagement which will really mess things up yeah and that whole uh, that's one of the things that the more we know about what's going on with this particular system. Um, I'm going to be looking into this AEB uh, because this is the same type of technology that they want to deploy in trains. And that's actually the next article. Um, actually, it might be a, there might be another interstitial one. Um, but let's, uh, let's, um, let's talk about this again, because it will come up again. Um, but this automatic braking system could potentially save lives and be safer um, because it does remove the human from the initial application. It gives warnings and slowly applies versus what might be a, a panic braking maneuver. Um, it doesn't just 
like all at once shut down um, movement of the wheels. So it says, um, according to NHTSA, there are approximately 60,000 rear end crashes a year involving a heavy vehicle striking another vehicle. Under the proposed rule, the agency estimates 19,118 crashes would be prevented, saving 155 lives and preventing 8,814 injuries annually. Um, there, there's really not much more to say about this particular thing. But if you are interested in this, um, after a 60 day public comment period, NHTSA will analyze the responses and make necessary changes, a process that could take a few months, Carlson said, and it's a person that's earlier up, um, NHTSA chief counsel and Carlson. Pardon me one second. Sorry. My cough button actually is two buttons because uh, of the way that I process. So anyway, um, inside baseball. Um, Carlson said that she expects the final rule to go into effect sometime in 2024. I don't know about that. I think that there's going to be a lot of public discussion about it and 60 days may not be enough. And there's usually something that pushes. Um, but for the heaviest trucks, class seven and eight, which typically weigh over 26,000 pounds, the effective date is three years from the rule going into effect. So maybe <laughs> Okay, that makes a little more sense, but I, you know, as a, if you're a driver of a regular vehicle, you might be in favor of this. I suspect if you're a driver of one of these trucks may not be in favor of it. I wonder what it'll do for the, um, for the cost of shipping goods because all of these companies that will now have to either purchase new trucks or get them i don't know if this can be retrofitted i mean that all translates to dollars yep that was one of the points that i was going to make toll says another big difference with trains and trucks is trains are on a rail with uh, without traffic and tractors get cut off tractors by the way are the trucks um if you're in the loop then it's a truck and a tractor um so <laughs> tractor trailer um so the tractors is the the truck and the trailer is the stuff behind it um everybody just calls them 18 wheelers or or trucks or rigs or something like that um but when you <laughs> when you know what you're talking about you refer to them as tractors um, get cut off by uh, inconsiderate motorists and the auto brake systems would lose their algorithmic minds. Um, I suspect that is more true than uh, people want to admit because they see the statistics as, well, it's worth the risk that the algorithm might lose its mind if the potential is to save 155 people and prevent nearly 9,000 injuries. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, and older units are going to... Uh, Toll also um, makes uh, acknowledges that uh, older units are going to be grandfathered in and not have this. But when you buy a new one, then you're going to have this new equipment. And here's the, the issue with that. People are going to uh, realize, oh, these older ones aren't going to be the older ones are going to be grandfathered in so they're going to stay in the industry and not get phased out 
where newer equipment has newer technology, newer safety uh, systems in place. And uh, then other drivers, the, these other inconsiderate drivers, as Toll puts it, and I agree, uh, I, you always see idiot drivers merging in front of an 18-wheeler without giving them enough space. The drivers are intimately aware of how much weight they have, so they try and back off. It causes a brake pulse that runs all the way back through the traffic forever, um, and you end up uh, causing more issues because you can cut off an 18 wheeler um well now this older technology is going to stay in the system drivers are going to assume oh well all of them have this aeb in place and so they're going to care even less because well if the fit hits the shan the aeb will save my butt not realizing that the truck behind them doesn't actually have it because it's been grandfathered in so Tull says that they have a Peterbilt from 97 that has a 13-speed manual, no DEF requirement, no GPS trackers, no governors, nothing. Yeah, that's right. It's basically a, a steam-powered train without the track limiting where it's going to go. So when that thing jackknifes because of an idiot driver cutting off uh, a truck driver, and maybe the truck driver has been pushed too far because... The company that they work with cares more about profit than the safety of their drivers. Accidents happen. Maybe that's part of the argument for AEB, um, but if it isn't more effective, I don't think that it should be put into action. I think that everybody needs to just be trained so that they don't cut off drivers. Uh, the drivers are the drivers of the trucks are um they're already regulated until you run across an unethical business and then they're sitting there doing everything they can to just run trucks over and over again and drive the drivers into the ground um i don't know oversight is really important because as you can see based on that uh, so there was a submersible it's actually on the screen right now in the top right corner this submersible went under um to uh tour the titanic and catastrophically imploded but this wasn't an industry accepted submersible it was built by that company and not certified by any other organization and so it catastrophically imploded and took five lives. So oversight would have saved those people and mandating oversight would have saved those people, but it raises costs and it causes friction. And a lot of unethical businesses don't like that. So um, Toll says honest solution for this is not adding more automation to the truck, focus on the driver, standardize the testing process across the country uh, to the same standard. And the unethical businesses don't last long. They lose a lot of money, yeah, but they might take people with them. Um, and then they get pulled in and every way station and get fined for their trucks being out of standard. Yep. You all have to do the same level of regulation that grade school teachers have to deal with. It's just overwhelming. And then you're at odds with administration that tells you you have to do this, you have to do this, push harder, drive faster, make the deadlines, etc. Um, 
but they're not the ones that that's risking their lives and others uh, while you're out on the road. So, um, uh, we'll watch this as usual and uh, report on it as it comes down. Let's go on to the next article. So, um, this one was really interesting because I actually saw this happening. Um, I, I had heard about this and was talking with people about this and I thought it was almost laughable when I heard somebody say in this article, what I had already said in conversation, imagine developing an entire show that is literally about displacing people and mimicking or imitating them with the goal of ultimately disempowering them and, um, replacing them and then doing this. So what is this new movie, uh, new Marvel movie has AI generated opening credits and they're somehow even worse than you'd expect. That's from the author of this over at PC gamer. So, uh, in the, in the series, um, uh, oh gosh, I just forgot the, the name of the series. Um, here, let me just go over to the source because it'll have it. I'm sure. Um, was it secret invasion secret invasion that's right so uh i've been waiting to see this and um in secret invasion basically the scroll are taking over various people you first hear about it in captain marvel um and it hap that happens i think in the 70s i think it is captain marvel that scene where they go back in time basically um harvey randall is the author over at pcgamer.com and so it says Marvel's oozed up AI credit sequence for Secret Invasion came out as horrid as a, you'd expect. Originally a comic storyline centered around the scrolls, sinister alien shapeshifters, and their infiltration of the superhero community, a Marvel Cinematic Universe retelling could have been interesting. Unfortunately, the studio's decision to work with an AI vendor have left many fans furious. So it's not just them, it's the artists that are involved and it's the ecosystem uh, where writers, artists, actors, etc., all work together and they all have each other's backs. They don't want to see AI taking over the industry, but that's actually what's apparently happening. It says, meanwhile, in an interview with Polygon, executive producer and director Ali Salim, uh, defends the decision as a matter of theme. It just came right out of the shape-shifting scroll world identity. You know, uh, Salem, I think it's Salem, um, later goes on to admit that he doesn't quite understand the technology. We would talk to them about ideas and then the computer would go off and do something and then we could change a little bit by using words. So it's basically chat GP, not chat GPT, it's mid-journey that's, uh, or similar, that's creating um the thing the the output i don't know i haven't actually played it because i've been waiting um this i don't think is it is this it i don't think this is it yeah this is just some no that's something from gaming yeah um, so it says it's mind boggling to hear the director's understanding of the controversial technology they're using boils down to the computer does things yeah i agree um, but maybe they couldn't get somebody to do what's being done. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I, I have a problem with, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with AI. I don't have a problem with AI generated artwork. I have a problem with putting AI generated artwork out there and saying that it isn't AI generated artwork. If you're going to use AI generated artwork, acknowledge it, lean into it. If you have to describe or uh, kind of like uh, justify its existence, then good luck. You're going to get a lot of blowback from people if they're asking you to justify the, the work. Um, but uh, it might open it up to actual conversation. Um, but if the artwork sucks, then I think um, I think you're on the losing side of it when somebody walks up and says, you know, not only are you using AI, but the AI artwork sucks. And if this is what so, it is, maybe they're trying to do something stylistic and representative of the replacement of humans with something else. I don't know. So how, why would they be doing this if they can't copyright AI generated work doesn't that put the entire movie in jeopardy well I, that's just it i don't understand why they would do this with ai um unless they're trying to use it as an example of the scroll taking over human identities but that's not what they said until they were questioned like why did you use it then they kind of ham-fisted this by saying it just came out of the uh, scroll story but they should have said something lean into it a little bit uh, or at least front load it in a way to tell the people you know this is this is symbolic have a a panel discussion you're already talking to people about um the uh the entire storyline so why not acknowledge like hey we did some stuff that's representative of the scroll taking over humans um let us know if you catch it or something like that um and then when somebody does call it out and and really puts you to task about it then you better have recourse like say okay y'all caught on to it really quick let's go back to the human created uh, introduction uh, credits or whatever it is because it isn't it's secret invasion but they say the credits sequence you know now it's now it's been called out so you had better go back to human created credit sequence artwork i think is what's going on in this so I, now i'm gonna have to sit down and actually watch um, secret invasion but like i said i've been waiting Crazy Cat Lady says that they're tired of movies. Come out with something new. Um, yeah, this is actually... Secret Invasion is new. It's it's moving the storyline for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe forward um, and giving some backstory as to a few of the characters, why they are where they are and, and what, they're, what they've been up to. Um, that said, if you're not into MCU, uh, it's a huge industry with billions of dollars at stake. Um, 
I don't really lean into it too much though. Like news wise, it's just one element. So, um, they're going to have to change their tune. Otherwise all of their fans are just going to walk away. So I would probably tell Marvel, okay, no more AI. Um, at least not without you having a panel and talking about it at a con or whatever priming the pump that something AI is coming um, and that you have alternative plans when everybody goes, well, that's BS. I'm not going to buy into this. It might be safer just to stick to humans for now, unless it's an evil character, AI, you know, which has been there. There was an AI that went bad. Um, oh, and again, my brain just went blank. The robot, the synthetic um, Ultron. It's Ultron. Yeah. And these aren't even... All of this stuff that Marvel is coming out right now is converting comics into movies um, and doing things in the movies that the comics just can't embody. Um, which I'm into this kind of stuff. I, I mean, I, I really do love the MCU uh, versus the DC universe. Um, but when they start trampling on <laughs> certain things like artists, um, they all of this exists because of people that are skilled in the art capable of creating this stuff. Why start leaning on AI for stuff like this? Uh, it's just asinine. All well, right. the timing looks really bad too, given the writer strike. I know this is artwork, not <laughs> yeah. writing, but it just, it looks bad. Creators are in solidarity with each other against AI. Um, you know, but there's people like me who are like, well, no, I'm really into the AI aspect of things because it can create stuff that I wouldn't even necessarily dream of except that I do have it in my head. There's just no way for me to embody it. Um, and uh, there's, it, it's an untenable position for everybody to go out and hire an artist and nobody should languish, languish in obscurity simply because they can't go out and afford an artist. You know, everybody should be empowered enough to use a tool and AI is nothing more than a tool um, just, just like a camera, you know, there are people that are highly skilled at a camera with a camera and they can pull out the personality of the person that's the subject of a photograph, or there are people that, <laughs> there are people that can just mash the button on auto and it takes an adequate picture. Same thing with going to a coffee shop and there's a person there that's highly skilled at crafting a, a mocha just how you want it and then there are people like me who just want to mash a button and get that damn coffee out of the machine as fast as possible because i need my coffee so that's ai it's a tool and it should be treated as that not a solution at the end of the day for everything you're doing if you need something special and you can afford it use a human and all of this ai artwork just makes me appreciate human artists even more uh, because they have the skill to make something unique and, and human um, 
So that's the kind of art that I'm going to be putting up on a wall. Most of the time, I'm not going to be doing AI anything on a wall. It might be a wallpaper on my computer, but brush strokes uh, or watercolor ink, you know, all of this kind of stuff. That's done by humans, and I'll put that on the wall. Okay, let's go on to the next article because this actually brings us back to something that has been here um, off and on since at least East Palestine. Did we talk about it before East Palestine? I thought that there were rumblings um, of issues. Oh yeah, we were talking about it during the really strike. Talked about. Oh right, yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah, we were talking about uh, trains and safety and derailment um, prior to the East Palestine, Ohio incident, uh, because we they were going to go on strike, and Biden's administration said no which <laughs> that blindsided me entirely um and and that was all an expression of well you're going to shut down the entire country and i <laughs> my only response when somebody said something like that was well no um it's not it's not the <laughs> it's not the strikers that are it's not these engineers it, it's not these people who are taking care of trains it's it's the greed you know if the owners of these businesses would lower their margin and give that cash to the people that are making the business viable keeping them safe keeping the tracks up to date keeping everything you know <laughs> Uh, like a train should, uh, uh, the train industry should be, which is on track. They decided that they were going to force workers to work. And then almost as if uh, the universe conspired to draw attention to the issue, East Palestine happened. So a Norfolk uh, Southern engineer raised concern about the train ahead of its derailment. A Norfolk Southern engineer expressed concerns to a supervisor about the length of the train that would later derail in East Palestine, Ohio, but the reservations went unaddressed, according to the NTSB. Now, this is something new that has sprung up um, in the investigation of the East Palestine disaster, which is still ongoing. Um, the NTSB released Thursday said engineer from Decatur, Illinois expressed the concerns to the yard master, but was told, well, this is what they want. And they being Norfolk Southern, um, and the engineer reportedly told investigators that if you talk to the manager, they said this train was 100% rule complaint, adding to me, in my opinion, um, it, the, my aggregator, uh, truncates this so that we don't get too much that way we can go over to the source and we can talk about it more um adding to me in my opinion you got 32 percent of the weight on the head end 20 percent in the middle and 40 percent on the rear end that they continued so to me that's why we reported that to the yard master and like i said this is what they want so all that weight at the end, unless there are engines back there, this thing's going to be unstable. 
So let's see here. The NTSB is concerned that several organizational factors may have involved in the incident, including safety culture. The NTSB will conduct an in-depth investigation into the safety practices and culture of the company. Well, we already know that they were basically being told constantly that they have to keep moving forward, um, whatever the issue is. But one of the issues was safety. Um, and inspections are fundamental to safety. So what ended up happening was an overheated wheel bearing obliterated itself on the track. And that took out because the entire carriage basically broke up, right? That heavy metal wheel just disintegrated and then decoupled the axle drops down. It dislodges the train off the track. It goes, the NTSB has tied the derailment to that overheated wheel bearing, which did not reach the threshold at which the train is required to break until it was too late to avert the derailment. This is one of the reasons why they want to put that AEV system even in, in trains so that when something does go awry, um, brakes can be applied to all of the carriages at the same time um, to stop the potential uh, energy from basically throwing the train off the track when something happens. Everything slows down um, in unison. Is the railroad industry pretty much um, self-regulated like airlines have been for a while? Um, as far as I know, yes. Um, they, as far as I know, it's piecemeal by locality. And if somebody goes in to see something or check something, for instance, I read a report about a person and I'm trying to remember where it was. So I'm sorry that it's a bit ambiguous. Um, the person, uh, heard a weird noise and went out into their backyard where the train was. And they actually found a four inch gap for where the two train segments separated because when the carriages were going over that gap, it would make a different clunk instead of the standard railroad tie kind of chunka chunka chunka. Um, nobody knew about it. Nobody investigated it. They actually drew attention to it via the press and then something was done about it. Um, but oversight is largely, well, if there's an issue, so be it. Um, as far as I know, it's hyper-local and a burden, a cost to the company to maintain its tracks, to maintain its carriages. So if it isn't broken, why fix it? Well, <laughs> because it can break catastrophically and take a neighborhood or a town with it. Um, or even across two states well, and, and then have to get scooped up and secreted away in the dead of night to other states only to get caught when you're trying to dump it into somebody else's property. We're being catty about this, but that's exactly what they did with East Palestine soil. They actually carried it into Pennsylvania and into Texas. I think they tried to deposit some in Texas. Um, they also tried to in Maryland, but I think that was rejected. Yeah, I know that the the um, Pennsylvania one was. Um, so, yeah, it's 
a hot mess and what we don't know should be the thing that really makes you go hmm i think we need to know what's going on now i always kind of couch this in well we don't really need to know because it doesn't directly impact us so why do we need to know well the people who could be impacted by this need to know and that's not what happens so that's why i like to do a very holistic show like this where we talk about all manner of news including this and we're going to talk about a couple of more things as we go through here we've got about four more articles to go through so let's keep on trucking so to speak <laughs> i thought it was funny in my head it was funny so um, we like to do these PSAs, a massive recall of frozen fruits issued across the country. Essentially, if you have uh, any frozen fruit that you have acquired from pretty much every major uh, big box store, you're going to end up having an issue because a massive recall of frozen fruits issued across the entire country. It's in the U.S., by the way, so a lot of our stuff is, is U.S.-based every once in a while we'll have articles and we're going to start increasing that number um, at least in hometown we may not have that many articles discussed on the stream but uh, definitely over on hometown there will be an uptick of uh, international news um, a voluntary recall comes from sunrise growers incorporated and includes specific frozen fruit products linked to pineapple that may be contaminated with listeria Listeria can cause serious, sometimes fatal infections in children, elderly, and others that have a weakened immune system. If you have a compromised immune system and get listeria, um, there's quite a bit of hurt involved here. Symptoms in healthy people may only be short-term and include... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I haven't been giving links for a while. Sorry about that. Hold on one second. Um, all the way back to the Twitch one. Come on, Marwat, you have one job. Okay, so there's that one. There's the Marvel one right there. Um, here's the Norfolk train. You know what? I fell asleep at the wheel. I really need to get this solved. So this will take you, this is the entire press release over in Omtown, but the link um, at the bottom of the page um, on the link that I just provided right here, it says to see all store brands, lot codes, and expiration dates, click here. That will take you to the FDA.gov um, site. Um, but essentially, uh, Listeria could be in any of these products, and there's a plurality of them. I, I, I can't say them all, but it involves Walmart stores, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Target, Aldi, and uh, AWG. I don't even know where that is. That must be a really small um, store. It's called Associated. It looks like it's regional based on where they were sold. Yeah. It, it's referred to as Associated Wholesale Grocers, which might be a commercial distributor. Um, AWG is the place. Anyway, um, quite expansive, it seems. And uh, luckily, I haven't bought any for a while, but I buy frozen fruit so that I can make smoothies in hometown. And um, I hate the idea that 
um, listeria could be in these things. So, okay, uh, that's a quick PSA. We'll keep on trucking through the rest of the articles. Doo -doo -doo. Um, this is another quick article. Panama Canal is restricting large ships because of drought. Um, starting Sunday, June 25th, container ships in the Panama Canal will be limited to a depth of 43.5 feet or 13.3 meters. A series of depth restrictions for large ships have been ongoing since January due to shallower waters caused by drought in the region. Really shocking considering this is a major connection between two uh, regions of water that actually aren't that uh, different in uh, water level but the only way to solve this is to do the circuitous route all the way around um, very expensive well let's just go over to the source uh, the source is um, Clarissa Diaz over in Quartz uh, which is at qz.com and uh, it says cargo ships will have to lighten their loads as water levels drop <laughs> you know i don't know what is going on with shipping and transportation right now but it's just taking a thousand hits it seems uh i was gonna say the phrase death by a thousand cuts but that's a little too apropos it seems um yeah i mean Dock workers are starting to strike it. They're actually doing it now, kind of like a slowdown. We actually haven't had too much news regarding that um, in the last couple of days. Uh, but I, I think the calm before the storm is right now because at the end of this month, I think is when they are starting to call the ball on an actual strike across the West Coast. Um, I'm not quite sure what the outcome of that is, but it's going to impact uh, shipping across the country um and across the globe because if it's um inbound or outbound to north america to or from north america it's going to cause delays in the other uh locations true um and all of the containers they're not actually in circulation they're basically frozen in the dock um and because the docks are frozen or slowed down right now something like three times the amount of time um, to actually ship something right now through the West Coast docks all the way up into Canada. Um, and Canada is refusing to accept shipments now um, because <laughs> all of these companies are like, eh, we'll just send it up through Canada. And Canada is like, blow it out your ass. Um, so it, it's a it's a growing concern. And then you have uh, the Suez Canal, where all it takes is uh, slight, uh, slightly mischaracterizing the flow of water and it jackknifes your boat in entirely across the Suez Canal. Or you have this um, because of drought. Now you're going to have to have a lighter load, which increases the expense because if you can't stack your ship down with everything you possibly can it's not as effective it's not as cost effective or efficient so um, time is money and more time on a ship because you've got multitudes of um, boats going across the ocean things are going to get more expensive 
as if food prices weren't bad enough products are increasing everything is increasing except for salaries so authorities are trying to avoid a traffic stall similar to what happened when the container ship ever given um got stuck in the suez canal in 2021 another one had actually gotten stuck in the suez canal in 2022 um, but it was quickly dislodged because they learned a whole lot of lessons from the ever given um so at any rate i i think what's going to end up happening is um costs are going to increase and then they're going to the shippers and the retail channels are going to realize that there's still a lot of cash that is in the system and they're going to be making money even though there are going to be fewer sales sales um they're still going to be making record profits because if you look at the producer price index they're still making the companies that are involved in the producer price index they're still making record profits even though there's a downturn in the economy um, fewer jobs, fewer sales, but the prices are higher. Uh, it's amazing uh, that nobody really talks about this. So um, we'll keep watching it and we'll talk about it. And I'll, I'll start dragging back the, the PPI and the CPI and other uh, indicators as to the economy and talk about it from uh, my particular perspective, which is somewhat anecdotal i i don't have the expanse but i'm basing my observations off of the data that's provided from um, our fed reserve system so that's supposed to be the guiding <laughs> uh, system uh, at least for national and international uh, business transactions okay so let's move on to the next article this is the second to the last one um this is in the four wheel tech channel, which is all about uh, technology and cars. Uh, Ford's bonkers new electric supervan four is racing Pikes Peak this Sunday. Uh, when Ford let ours drive its new electric E transit van in early 22, they probably annoyed the heck out of the engineers and executives by repeatedly requesting that they make the supervan version. Um, this is the author speaking while they don't think for a minute that their bugging them had any effect, the company did just that, building a souped up version of its electric commercial vehicle with almost 2000 horsepower and aerodynamic appendages. So when you take a look at this thing, cause I've already seen it, um, the spoiler on this thing, it, it could probably fly. It, it doesn't drive fast. <laughs> it flies low. Now I must want be this. like a, um, I forgot what those were called. The flying cars, uh, the flying cars. I'm not sure. Jonathan M. Gitlin is the author of this over at Ars Technica. By the way, I want this vehicle. I just don't want that spoiler. I think a spoiler really ruins the aesthetic of a car unless it's designed for it. Like formula one, um, or a dragster or something like that. I know what this thing is purpose built for, um, but I want it. I want it without that spoiler there. I said it anyway. Uh, I've always dug these little transits, these e-transits as the AI well knows. I've actually said that I've, I want one of these. Um, what do you think? Should I, I think get that? they're great. 
I'm sure that this is... Even with the spoiler, just because it looks so crazy on it. (laughs) (laughs) Occupies roughly the same space in the European and British psyche as the pickup truck in the U.S. It's the default tradesperson's vehicle, available in various configurations and beloved by everyone from plumbers and builders to tour bands and even mayors of Ometown. I actually really dig the e-transit. I, I don't know what's wrong with me because um, I've I've gone from having a car that is close to this under with a thousand horsepower to having a car that has one fifth that power um, all in my lifetime, and I still dig this little e-transit because it. I don't know. There's just something about it. Next to the um, the uh whatchamacallit what was that little boxy one um i had it for a short short term uh the scion the scion xb yeah um they which they don't make anymore i really dig that car um i would love to have souped that thing up put a roll cage in it and and really uh driven that thing into the ground but um the the uh afternoon where i made the first payment on that car i got rear-ended um and it did like 25 or 30 percent damage like the cost i did more than that um and then it was stuck oh yeah it was closer to 50 percent. i forgot because and then they tore the frame when they were trying to straighten it it was funny anyway i sold it so there you go it's this thing has 2000 horsepower um the Supervan 4 is a lot better than Superman 4. The newest Supervan broke cover at last year's Good uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed, like the new E-Transit. It's an electric vehicle, but this one was developed together with Austria's Stoll Advanced Research and Development, or STARD. Like Supervans 2 and 3, there's not much that's shared with the road-going transit van. Doggone it. The body's made from carbon fiber clad over a steel space frame chassis. 50 kilowatt battery pack is smaller than the production E-Transit 68 kilowatt battery pack. And when the Supervan 4 first appeared, it used uh, four motors for a total output of 1,973 horsepower. This thing, (laughs) you just hit the accelerator and you go through time. I dig this. Oh, the whole body, everything is is modified um, for the aerodynamics. Keep it on the on the ground; otherwise, it would probably take off. Do you want to I describe the spoiler for those listening in the podcast? Just maybe the scale compared to the vehicle. So the spoiler basically uh, starts at the B pillar um, of the what would be a transit van um, and extends back and then is probably eight inches taller maybe the same wider and it has what looks like three different layers of aerodynamic wing to it it takes up the entire back half of this vehicle (laughs) what's weird about that though is that first off the cars have a Uh, electric cars have a really low center of gravity because the battery pack is at the very bottom of it 
Um, and you don't have to worry so much about transaxles and things like that. All of the weight is inside the tires or near the tires. Um, so you don't get much aerodynamic lift from under the car because it, it can sit a whole lot lower um, with its weight and everything down there because you don't have to worry about drive shafts. Um, but this thing has a wing on it that you would typically see on a dragster where all of the power and all of the weight is sitting on the back of the vehicle. But that's not how an electric vehicle is. Its motors are in the, like I said, you know, this one in particular is, it has one in, in each wheel, um, or at least at the center point of each wheel. And it's usually direct drive. You mash the button and it is, and each wheel lights up at the same time. So you don't have weight in the back lifting the front tires up. Everything is just stuck to the ground and really heavy. So I'm not quite sure why that uh, spoiler is there. Um, I, they could probably do the same with something else, but obviously I'm not an aerodynamics engineer, aerospace engineer, you know, um, I wonder if they could do something a little bit more integrated than having this thing. Um, anyway, they're going to be racing Pikes Peak, a 12.4 mile race up the side of the mountain in Colorado, starting at 9,390 feet above sea level and finishing at 14,114 feet. Um, I want to see it. So maybe uh, this Sunday, right? It is this Sunday. Let me make sure. They talk about the history of this thing. So yeah, it just says this Sunday. So maybe this Sunday I can stream it. We'll see. Maybe if it's being streamed, I'll watch it on Sunday. Sunday's typically a slow news day, folks. So, okay. So let's move on to the last article for today. And I'll try not to soapbox too much um, because this is actually, well, I'll speak about it here in a minute. Okay, so the first bit of sobering news about Starfield. I've been riding the hype train since Starfield was announced. Um, and frankly, I think it kind of sucks. So this news sucks. Uh, it's in the Warcrafters channel. Warcrafters is all about world building within first person shooters, real time simulators, role playing games. Uh, Todd Howard confirmed Starfield won't let you ride aliens or go fishing. So modders, you know what to do. I'm all on board with modders. I love y'all. You make things happen when the industry won't make it happen. But this isn't what I'm even kind of sad about. Okay. So you can't go fishing, but they might add that. It's not, all they have to do is add a whole bunch of fish and give you a fishing rod, but you're really in a spacesuit. So what are you really fishing, you know, and you're in space doing stuff. So the high tech is not sitting on a dock, throwing a reel out. Right. So I kind of get not fishing in this context. Um, 
unless you find earth class planets which by the way as far as i know starfield takes place <clears throat> in and around soul so earth terra <coughs> i'm sorry for the coughing so uh, starfield takes place around earth um and earth has basically become disastered yeah a, a, a dystopian broken no maybe not dystopian but it's been ruined um, because there's a scene with the St. Louis Arch and a lot of people are talking about, you know, well, maybe it's another planet and it's exemplary of, you know, the arch and just is now a wasteland. But in one of the scenes, and I'm actually going to be talking about this either tomorrow or um, this weekend, but I'm going to do another deep dive into the Starfield discussions because there was a Q&A with Todd Howard. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I grabbed this because I wanted to talk about this a little more and I still haven't even gotten to why I'm soapboxing. <laughs> so I get the not fishing part. You're not going to be able to ride aliens. That's fine. You got a jetpack. You don't need to ride aliens. Um, there were a whole bunch of other questions that were asked during this, which is what brought this article into existence. But let's go over to the article itself and see if they talk about what is really letting me down. Now, it's another article over in Ometown, but I had to pick and choose because I wanted to get all of the rest of this news out and I wanted to keep it within 12 articles. We've gone from 10 to turning it up to 11, which is, you know, louder than 10. And now we're at 12. I, I, if I keep on adding articles, it's going to be basically an all-day news show which is actually what i'm i wouldn't mind doing that anyway the article is over at pcgamer.com and it's written by christopher livingston it says the planet question mark you can go to it but that alien dinosaur you can't ride it modders you've got your first assignment uh i would probably do the fishing thing i i don't know i can kind of dig that I, maybe the the uh riding aliens thing might be easy peasy i don't know but let's see if they actually talk about this uh one question had to do with how we'll be getting around in starfield when we're not in our spaceships is there a land vehicle or uh, an option that maybe mount some of these wildlife creatures to use as land transportation mode on transport so kind of funny is was the host <coughs> pardon me i'm really sorry for the cough um well todd howard said there is not and i'm gonna actually go into a deep dive um maybe i'll do it tomorrow um about this discussion right and it's basically a knock-on from the starfield direct uh, gameplay video questions were turned in at kind of funny etc okay so they say we want to design Starfield so it feels good on foot, but we do have uh, the boost pack, Howard said, uh, referring to the jetpack. He refuses to call it jetpack. The boost pack almost acts like this vehicle. It's super fun where you can fly through and then the low gravity planets where you just uh, really, really special in the game. So I totally buy into this jetpack, right? So they keep on asking questions, but they still haven't got to the one. They didn't even acknowledge it in this article. 
It says on the plus side, there are modders and modders uh, have added working motorcycles to Skyrim and rideable death claws in Fallout 4. So the author is pretty confident adding land vehicles and rideable dinos in Starfield will eventually uh, happen too. As for the fishing, it did eventually and officially become part of Skyrim 10 years after launch. Skyrim is still immensely popular. I see Starfield doing this. Here's the problem. There are a thousand planets in Starfield that you can go and explore. How many of them do you think are going to be populated with life? Well, I know that from another article in hometown. But I won't say it if you don't want me to. No, go ahead. Uh, It's going to be about 10% of the planets. 10%. So... I would have guessed higher if I hadn't seen that. So there's a thousand, right? So you're going to have a hundred planets that you're going to be able to explore and it has life. And the highlight of that was that there's desolation in space. And so dot, dot, dot. But is there really, or is it just our observation that we just keep seeing the desolation of space? Now, here's the real big I'm just going to say it like I would normally say it around everybody else. Here's the pisser about this. My objective with Starfield was to lean way hard into Starfield. It was going to be my forever game, but a hundred planets are going to be easy mode to run around and identify stuff and live in a hundred out of a thousand. I wanted all 1000. So we'll see what that actually entails when Starfield drops, but it's not dropping until September 6th. So that kind of sucks in and of itself. Um, But I'm going to be playing Starfield like nobody's business, um, unless probably within the first two hours of playing it, I determine that it just sucks. But I love Starfield. uh, Sorry, I love Skyrim. I love No Man's Sky. This is a higher resolution No Man's Sky with greater complexity and, and to me, just the right level of realism for me to enjoy, whereas No Man's Sky is kind of wonky character, uh, creatures and stuff like that. Um, and no real, uh, at least for me, the, the storyline is wonky too. And I always get lost in Skyrim and I get lost in No Man's Sky. Um, maybe Starfield will keep me more on task, but... Anyway, a hundred planets out of a thousand are going to have life. Come on, please, please procedurally generate all of these planets. Just make it so that there's life on all of them. By the time this releases, please make it so that it's kind of like the, the, uh, vision pro headset, right? I was hoping beyond hope, please don't make them scuba goggles, please, please, please. And they were. So, and $3,500, which was $500 more than what I said was going to be the price. Um, So maybe you need to say, please don't have life on all a thousand planets in Starfield. Just make it 10, 10 planets total, you know, totally hobble it. So you piss off everybody and then you go, oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, 
Here, here's an update and it procedurally generates all 1000 planets. You don't have to do it all immediately. When I discover our planet, generate it. <laughs> Put some life on it. Anyway, yeah, that's the one sad thing about this. So, I'm done soapboxing and uh, we're done with tonight's show. So we always bring you back to the very front page, not front page, Main Street and the welcome sign. So welcome to hometown. Then you mash that button. It refreshes and gives you a whole bunch of news. Yeah, I don't know. Reddit pressures mods to end the blackout as they find new ways to protest. I don't know how many people they actually punted. I haven't seen that yet. I don't either. And I saw something about what the current protest was, but I forgot what it was. I'm going to keep adding protests? additional ones. Oh. Uh, just different types of protests. Oh, they're changing like the context of the subreddits. So yes. they're like, we're only posting this and it's kind of antithetical to the actual subreddit. But it's never been a problem before, and it was created by the very communities, and if the community is on board with it, I don't see why Reddit should have a problem with it, since they've never had a problem with the direction a subreddit went anyway. Well, I know now um, that they have a problem with it, and they have a problem with it because they want an IPO and turn it into a $15 billion organization. Yeah, the profit motive totally buy into it don't get me wrong i'm a capitalist <laughs> i believe in the profit motive for providing a product or service i don't think that you should hobble uh applications that you've allowed to operate within your confines for a decade plus just because they are competition to your app and you suddenly have a profit motive that's been dictated to you by somebody else or you've interpreted something as being competition. Yeah. Make it a viable solution so that you have continued engagement from these third party applications and their users who have all operated in good faith. I think it's kind of scummy what's going on with Reddit, but Hey, Maybe it's karma because so many mods have this irrational uh, expectation that they're demigods within their realm, their tiny little realm. I'm picking a fight with everybody. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're losing all sponsors. Hey, um, we talked about this one too. 3M settles forever chemical contamination suits with public water systems for billions. I don't understand. Yeah, I the didn't know if that was the same settlement. I, I think it is, um, but we can talk about it if we if you want to grab it and throw it um, in the submission folder. Um, what's really interesting about this settlement is the other argument. We already talked about one. Oh, it's already in there for tomorrow. <laughs> we already had one discussion about these forever chemicals and settlements. And I don't quite get it, how they can be held harmless for any future lawsuits. If they settle with the government, how am I a party to a third party? I'm a third party to their settlement. How am I bound by that? I didn't agree to that settlement. 
I may be personally impacted by this. But right, I mean, these aren't class action or anything, I assume. No. Um, so I, I don't quite get it. So I'm going to end up talking about this, but I'm going to do some due diligence um, and, and see what comes of this. Because the last article that I talked about, I was really caught off guard by the fact that it says that the company can, will be held harmless now for future lawsuits. And I just don't see how that's possible. Here, well, I mean, mo most settlements have a term to that effect, but I understand what you're saying, right? Like you're, you're like, hey, I'm not part of this. Why am I banned? Right. And it works the other way. Like um, I'm interacting with a business where I purchased something from a business that was acquired by the business. And that business is saying, well, we invalidated everything from that other business. We just acquired its name, its assets, its customers, but not its sales that failed to materialize. So like I purchased something, but they failed to deliver it. I requested a refund. They said it's in the works. I never received the refund. And then they were acquired by a competitor. I contacted the competitor and the competitor says, yeah, sorry, go talk to this law firm. <laughs> An international law firm so yeah quite lovely anyway and i don't think the purchase rises to the level where having to get an attorney to pursue that refund is going to amount to anything more than me giving them a check for the full value of the purchase and having to buy them coffee anyway all inside baseball what goes on in hometown does not stay in hometown so Go tell a friend, let them know that we do this show every day at 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Sunday. We we never stop. We have not missed a show since December last year. And I would have made up for that time frame, but time just plowed forward. Um, and where we do miss a show, we do an additional show for that time frame and then we play catch up. So at any rate, I am Merwat. That is, uh, that is hometown.com. I don't know what happened there. I used to get this right. That's hometown.com. And up there is the AI that keeps me in check. You want to say bye? Good night, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern and for the hometown daily and probably earlier for other shows. Yep. You got it. See you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Cheers, everybody.